0: Chapter 27 All the Pilsners in the World A screaming cylinder of black, spinning me dizzy. All shadow, forest floor to treetop, catching us in a blunder's calm center, beaks and talons turned to puree. I held Miri and imagined being picked apart, shredded and bitten into, sniffed away to blood and wet crumbs. Bird food. There's worse ways, I guess. Brad was back to worthless. A stupid idiot of an animal. He wouldn't shut up. Blah, 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 blah. Shadow birds and Brad, there's something perfect in the harmony. Like a murder scene without a single clue, the horror was flawless. Feed them, Brad. Feed Brad to them. No one heard me. The next trouble didn't take long to show up. A fast-moving wisp, the first cloud barely grazed the moon's edge. A thicker one followed. Stay in the center. Press in. Yolandi huddled everyone to the middle of the clearing, our scared bodies touching together, Haruki to me and Miri. Something smelled sweet. The cloud stole a sliver of moonlight, but gave it back before the shadow birds could take advantage. Waiting. Spinning, they dipped pieces of themselves into the clearing. A wingtip, a talon, testing, playing bloodbath Marco Polo on the shores of our safe space. The next cloud looked deep enough to dive into, fat and cruising straight at the moon. All eyes on the sky. Del professed true love for each of us. Yolandi prayed some old-language profanities at R.A., Sammy held Haruki's hand, and Sia took her mark, ready to outrun whatever. Brad was there, too. Blah! Here it comes, and no fight left in me. I plopped down on the forest floor, Miri in my lap. A few raindrops. The cloud barreled into the moon, closing over it like a swollen eyelid. Light left, and the clearing went dark. Die time. I shut my eyes tight. Extenuating circumstances intervened. Seconds passed, and my skin remained a singular thing. The birds were there, same as before, but the spinning slowed. The noise went away. We were the freest lunch ever. Complete sitting ducks. Still, they didn't bite. They weren't picking us to shreds. A roar. Like gargled thunder unfolded through the trees, and suddenly the logic became unattractively clear. No charity here. No answered prayers. This was food chain stuff. Jungle rules. As scrumptious a feeding frenzy as our juicy mass may have provided the shadow birds, something else had called dibs. Something bigger. Hungry eyes made of a thousand yellow slants blinked angry we'll be seeing yous at the missed meal of our huddle. And one by one disappeared into the trees. The clearing went quiet and the cloud passed. We were left alone in the moonlight. What was that? Sia was asking Haruki. I don't know that one either. Whatever it is, it's very large. Large enough to make Brad shut up. And many thanks for that, but I'd prefer to just pay it forward, no need to meet. The roar came again, closer this time, expressing much interest in a face-to-face. Dell knew the score. He looked to Yolandi and received confirmation. This is my fight, he told us. Stay back. He unsheathed his hatchet, flipped it from hand to hand, and twirled the blade in quick spins between fingers obvious skill. I was impressed. Dell took two steps forward, approaching the clearing's edge. Flexed in battle pose, he awaited his adversary. Why are we not running? Why are we still here? Sammy had his greedy boy fat pack strapped up tight again, looking like a bipedal beast of burden ready to make slow tracks. What is that? It is a lima bear. And this is Biclops' battle. Sammy looked at Yolandi like she'd just coughed up a mouthful of fairy dust. A bear? Del is about to fight a bear? Del? Yes, Yolandi replied, backing away, giving the warrior his space. He is... Sparing Sammy the retort recall of Dell's triple-digit-to-nil record of ass-beatings to victories, the roar sounded again, this time with a face. The fight was on. From behind a large tree, lime-green glow preluded the massive body stepping into view. Head first and part by part, the bear's full frame assembled before us, Paws wider than trash can lids, and toes the size of shovels, claws like melted knives curved from each. Its girth parred up to a small whale and came sculpted in muscles roidily on swole. A fluorescent aura or bright borealis condensed to an animal nightmare. The beast burned thick with end-of-the-tunnel light. I knew this was the last thing I would be seeing. Moving on all fours, the lima bear took its time. With relaxed breaths and steady hands, Del eyed his opponent. An entire life of blind faith tapered before him to a visceral visibility, real as anything and coming closer by the step. Warrior god Biclops and the savage lima bear towed up. It was time to prove out. On guard! Dell pivoted back, knees bent and elbows fixed, pressure loaded to strike the first blow. Front paws pressed off and the bear rose full height in front of Dell. Flexed, chest spread, it stared down at the tiny impediment holding a hatchet. The lima bear roared. Trees shook and air vibrated. The bear swung. Dell swung. The two collided. Dell's body pinged like a golf ball from an aluminum bat, shooting across the clearing and crumbling its inertia into a tree trunk, his little bones tumbling to a pile at the base. Many important parts were most certainly popped and bleeding inside of him. Obviously unconscious, apparently dead, Del's small fingers remained curled around the handle of his hatchet. The bear wasted no time. One stride landed its straddle above its victim. With portrait painter precision, the lima bear stroked two claws down the length of Dell's face, splitting the skin in parallel lines from head to jaw and snapping the band of Dell's prescription goggle. Not a twitch, only blood. Dell had been bested by a single blow. Brad charged and caught a dose of the same, slapped unconscious against a tree. Rage overwhelmed shock paralysis, and Sia began throwing rocks. They landed like taps on a turned shoulder, a timid request for attention. Granted, the bear turned its eyes to Miri. It stretched, bent its neck to one side, then the other, blinked. Fearless and casual, wearing full comprehension of its ownership here, the animal approached. Bird food. Bear food. The distinction is negligible. Either way, start to finish is bite-sized to blood stain, and so it goes. I prepared myself for processing. No one moved. No one ran away. By sad gesture from a terrified place, it seemed we'd silently conceded to die as a group. A reality the lima bear appeared willing enough to accept. A yard removed, it stood tall before Miri and me, shedding green smoke like a controlled burn of its entire body. Its eyes met mine. Black. Behind them was the simplicity of something bovine and a brilliance beyond human, Infinite intelligence and base, almost vile incomprehension plowed contrast into contrast. Looking back at me was a kind of cosmic wildness beyond my ability to understand. It scared me to my core. On guard, I say! Somehow Dell was up, and frazzled to say the most. Blood trickled from face down to new boots, some leaking into his goggleless eye. Doubly blind, Dell let his hatchet fly. It zipped past the bear and landed with a thud in Miri's back. Stuck there like a spoon in cold ice cream. Planted almost handle deep in the base of her goddess arm. A near amputation. I can't see! Has a blow been struck? Tell me, please! I can't see! Circumstance reassessed. The bear was done for now. Acceptable damage rendered. Psychological as well as structural, this was a good place to leave it. A horrible parting gift, his absence would be our anticipation. Green smoke thinned, and the bear vanished before our eyes, dissolving into a mist of itself and trailing away through the trees. Once again, personal realities permanently dislodged and hearts pounding, we were left alone in the clearing quiet in the moonlight, still inside the night. Dell stared forward as the needle pushed through, lost in thought and numb. Forty stitches up his face and forty more down, not so much as a flinch. Finished, Yolandi moved on to Miri. She asked permission before inspecting the wound. May I? I nodded yes. It needs to be sown. Again, respectful, asking my permission. And Miri Emma needs to be cleaned. May I do that for her? Yes. Okay. Yolandi requested Sia, please come assist. My sister arrived and sat down with us. She'd planned ahead. Yolandi produced a bag with all the necessary implements. Gauze, astringent, handy wipes, dry towels, essential oils, powder. She ran the stitches first. That should do. Then proceeded to release the straps harnessing Miri's body to mine. You'll need to keep hold of her hand. Yolandi looked me in the eye as she spoke. You cannot let go. Do you understand? Again, I nodded yes wrapping my fingers through Miri's, cold and fixed. The straps were undone and Miri's weight taken from me. I missed it right away. Male eyes averted. They removed my wife's clothes. Small strokes, damp washcloths, lavender and lily essence, powder of cloud cloudflower, making her clean, making her smell nice. With concentration reverent and gentle, a mother bathed her daughter by light of the full moon. It was heartbreaking. Perfectly sad. Wiping the last bright line from Miri's cheek, Sia told her friend, I'm sorry, M.E. I don't have any makeup with me. You're gonna have to go plain Jane to the temple. Solution provided via an eavesdropping Sammy, A bag of tropical Skittles was tossed our way from his sleeping bag, landing beside Sia. Prison makeup. Sammy's earbuds were in, but not on. Wet them with your mouth and wipe them on. A skill set acquisition provided by verse two of prison bitch. Early royal troon. Excuse me? Sia was offended. Back turned, Sammy curled tighter in his expensive sleeping bag and pressed play. Muffled ticking of snares and hi-hats stole away the silence, fluttering like insects through the clearing. It felt disrespectful. Bright pinks, muted greens, and raspberry tones. You have to work with what you've got, and Sia liked the palette, thought Miri would approve too. She asked Yolandi, not me, if it was fine. Let's see. That's what Yolandi said. A yellow one first, purple next, on through the full toxic rainbow. Gross taste, but the application held true. Sia made pretty things on Miri's face and arms. Her clothes were put back on and her weight returned to me. My broken fingers, her dead hand still touching this night was not one for conversation. In the starry cage of the clearing, we each lived our evening alone. Worlds away from us all, lonely and defeated, Dell sat perched at the edge, staring into the trees and talking to the shadows. All the pilsners in the world, he sniffled. A whole mountain of protein, he sniffled again, wiped his eye, Couldn't make a man of me. Dell traced a thumb along the blade of his hatchet. Not as sharp as he'd thought. I'm no warrior. The forest listened. I'm nothing.